right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the things Christian want to know, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> good, keep good that intro. in. Let's keep that in. This yes. is the things Christians want to know podcast, and we don't do everything perfectly. Um, Paul and I are already having fun here. Sorry that you weren't in on the beginning fun, but it's okay. Let's start things off fun. Hi, I'm Paul. Hi, Paul. <laughs> I'm I'm Nate. And uh, we've been talking about parenting and, and a lot for for a while now. And we've been, you know, sharing really fun stories and jokes uh, and things back and forth, some of which we can't record. <laughs> uh, or I hope wasn't recorded, at least. Uh, other ones, other ones uh, we have already shared with you. Um, one I'm going to share with you now that I would prefer not to share with you because it's it doesn't paint me well. Um, I have a tendency, Paul. Okay. To point out when my kids are doing things wrong. And I feel like it's part of my job as a parent to help them grow up learning how to do things well. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do that better. Mm. And I'm trying to do it in such a way that doesn't tear them down. I don't want them to feel like I'm nitpicking or nagging or, but like if they say something grammatically incorrect, I'll correct them. And if they, like Bella, uh, my youngest, likes to stand on chairs. And so we have a mantra in our house. Chairs are for butts. Floors are for feet. Mm. Do not stand on chairs. Because she has fallen off chairs and hit Ooh. her. If she, and if she falls in just the right way and hits the granite countertop, I don't, I don't like going to the hospital, Paul, with my mm. kids. Bella's been to the hospital three times. She's only five. I, I, I'm done with it. I want to be done. No ER trips this year is our, was our prayer in, in, in January. And praise God, we haven't been to the ER yet this hey. year. It might be the first year. Um, and, and so it's hard for me when they keep, we need to keep doing the same mistakes. Guess what? Their kids are going to keep doing the same mistakes. I still do the same mistakes. I'm 41. Um, but I don't want to be that negative parent. I don't sure. want to be the nagging one. But at the same time, I need to parent them and I want to correct them. Um, I'm trying to do it lately by rephrasing what I say. And so saying, instead of saying, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say, instead of doing that, do this. That'll, that'll work. Um, maybe that's a little more, a little less negative. Sure. Um, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this, um, but it, it sort of, it goes into the entire idea that I wanted to talk about, which was, I have moved away from a punishment paradigm to a discipline paradigm with Good. my kids. Good. Say more. Um, to the point where I no longer use the word punish. I no longer say you will be punished if you do this. Mm -hmm. I use the word discipline. And the reasoning is theological originally. It was the realization that God no longer punishes Christians, mm -hmm. but he does discipline. Yes, children. And there's a big difference, Paul, between punishment and discipline. Absolutely there is. When, when you tell people that God no longer punishes people, they probably look at you funny. The first time I heard it, I, I certainly looked at the person funny. Um, but, but here's the thing. What is punishment? Punishment is punitive, right? It comes mm -hmm. from that, that word in Latin, and it means because you've done something wrong, you must pay a penalty. And so if you speed, the punishment is to pay a fine or possibly to go to court. Mm -hmm. That's a punishment. If you do things badly enough, there is a punishment of you have to go to jail. Okay. If you 
do if you park in the wrong place, you have to pay a fine. So these are punishments. They are penalties. They do not teach you. They're not they're not there for the purpose to teach you. They're there for the purpose of making you pay a penalty. You have to pay for what you've done. Mm-hmm. We would like to think that prison is about reforming people, but it's not. That's not the primary purpose of prison. The primary purpose of prison is to get a criminal off the streets so that they don't hurt anybody else and to make them pay for what they've done. And we humans sinned a lot, right? Lots and lots of sin. And that penalty had to be paid. And Jesus paid that penalty on the cross. And it says all of our sins were poured out on him and all the the iniquity of that sin was poured out on him. And God poured out all the punishment for those sins on Jesus. That's what the cross was all about. So God isn't in the punishing business anymore because he already punished all the sin when Jesus was on the cross. And so I don't want to tell my kids, if you do that, you will pay a fine. You will be punished because that's not how God works anymore. And it's my job to teach them how God works. Good. And so I don't want to do it that way. But God does discipline. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. He disciplines those he loves. And the huge difference is this. Discipline's sole purpose is to help you become more like Jesus. That is why discipline exists. The only time God disciplines you is, to, is when he knows that by doing so, he can help you to become more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to punish my kids. I want to discipline my kids. And so when they fight and the fight turns loud... And someone ends up yelling or saying something terrible or screaming. And despite the fact that I have wonderful children, this does happen uh, pretty much every day. Um, hmm. I want to discipline them because I want to teach them how to treat their siblings best mm-hmm. and how to respond when someone does something you don't want. If someone takes something of yours, this is how you respond and this is how you don't. And so I try to discipline them and I tell them, okay, if you do that again, you will have to be disciplined because I want you to learn how to be more like Jesus and how to love your sister, your brother better um, than you're doing right now. So it's not about punishment. It's not about if you do this, you will have this consequence. And I'm not saying teaching consequences is bad. I think it's good that children learn consequences. Um, But for me, the paradigm has changed from punishment, which can be quite arbitrary in in some ways Mm -hmm. and doesn't necessarily serve any real purpose other than if you do this, something bad will happen to you. And humans do respond to that. Humans do respond to if you do this, something bad will happen, but they respond better to if you do this, then this is going to happen that will help you to learn to change and be better. And I, and I explained to them why I don't just say, go to your room. (laughs) I say, this is why I'm sending you to your room now. And when they get, when I let them out, I say, and this is why you were here. How do you think about it now? Would you like to say anything to your brother, et cetera? Do you know you, what you your text like, is? You're acting like you're wanting to jump in. Well, you have a text for this. Yes, I do. It's Hebrews 12. Yep, that's exactly right. Verse 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. That's what you're preaching from. For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. It's purposeful mm-hmm. rather than punitive. Yep. There's a purpose, an upward purpose. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness mm-hmm. to those who have been trained. 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 By it. And that's our job. You are training your children. And far better 
<laughs> as I read recently, to love and to lead rather than to always simply be correcting. Don't mm. do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do this. Don't. Paul's pointing his finger yes. nastily at me, by the way. <laughs> it, it, that can make us nervous yep. uh, in the service. And we want to raise children who are happy, peaceful, and disciplined. Yeah. But it's difficult, and I, 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 I'm still struggling with it, okay? Well— we, We've switched the language from, from punitive and punishment to discipline. To them, it doesn't always feel like anything has changed, because—and I, and I, I agree. To the, to the one receiving it, punishment versus discipline might not feel any different in the moment. And I think that's what um, I was going to say Paul, but the author of Hebrews is saying, um, Luke, whoever it was— I think he's saying that in the moment, look, it hurts yes. and it all feels the same, but but later it proves itself out yes. and discipline proves itself to yield positive results, whereas punishment just just is, is penalizing and it doesn't necessarily do any good. Oftentimes, parents, unfortunately, punish with their voice. Mm -hmm. They punish with their tone. They punish with by grabbing a child in Walmart and dragging them along the floor in a painful way. And God doesn't do that. God doesn't raise his voice with us. He's mm -hmm. quiet. He speaks in a still, small voice. And we need to learn from him uh, how to care for our children, not just to get angry with them because they're embarrassing us in the marketplace. Yep. And another one is, Parents can sometimes punish by taking away a reward that the child has already earned for something else mm -hmm. because um, you want to do some, you know, negative reinforcement. And so you take something away. You either give something they don't want, like go to your room, or you take something away that they like. Um, and that's, that's how people like to do it. But if you take away a reward that they've earned for something else because they screwed up afterwards, that that sends a very confusing message to the child mm -hmm. that I can never really get ahead. I can never really earn anything because anything that I might earn for doing well is probably going to be taken away next time I messed up. Mm -hmm. And I realize I'm going to mess up all the time. So why bother to try to get anything right? Um, and I've, I've see, I see parents do this and I always ask God, should I say something? <laughs> like, how close am I to these people? Because yeah. yeah. people don't take parenting advice, man. Like mm -hmm. my own siblings, you know, I, it's, it's even hard. Mm -hmm. Even with your own siblings, it can be hard to be like, hey, so what do you think? I was really impressed with my sister-in-law, Becca, um, my brother's wife, because they have, they have a two-year-old. And, and last time they were visiting us, she asked for my advice. She asked for my opinions. She asked for, for what I did when my kids were little. And, and so I shared. But that people don't do that. People don't ask that advice because... I don't know. There's just this pride thing yeah. about parenting and about being told we're doing it wrong. And I think we're so uptight and we're so nervous about the fact that we know we're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. All parents know they're doing it's it wrong. Tough. <laughs> we all hard. know we're messing up, but we feel so insecure. Uh, and I wish we could be more humble like my sister-in-law was to mm -hmm. say, hey, you know what? I could use some help here. I'm kind of at a loss for what to do when my child acts this way. You know, we didn't get trained in this. We no. didn't get trial run with uh, practice sessions. And then we had kids. 
we had them and we're we're thrust into it from the get go. Yeah. Well, and that's so, what I told Becca. Didn't you read the manual? That was chapter nine. <laughs> what to do with a two and three year old when they're messing yeah. up, when they keep slapping their parent or whatever it is. You know, we have been vulnerable here and we have we have shared our vulnerability. We have shared our difficulties in parenting. I would like to share a couple areas where Karen and I sort of did it right. Cool. And uh, be a positive example. Uh I just turned 75, as I think you know, and my kids said, tell us your story. So they gathered, just the adults Mm. with their spouses, and I told them my story. And then afterwards, I had the joyful time of meeting with them, some of them one-on-one or one-on-two, and and said, I want to hear where we did well and where we didn't. Mm. And one of the things that they shared that we did well, here goes, uh, Cara said, we knew you were accessible to us. We knew Mm. that we were more important than the people you were ministering to. I was so glad to hear that because as you know, I travel, I used to travel a lot with the kids. They would go along, Karis herself would sing, she would dance, Uh, we'd have uh, music programs as a part of our time. And she said, when we were out there, we always knew that we were more important to you than the people that you were ministering to. Isn't Mm. Isn't that precious? Yeah. Yeah, I was glad to hear that because uh, Andrew then also had shared that we wondered if you loved them more than you loved us. And I was sad and happy. I was sad for, for what he was thinking, but happy that I had some more time that I could prove to them. And you turned it around. Yeah. That's good. That that they that they really were. We all mess up. It's whether or not we can... Rally. (laughs) Yes. Andrew did say this uh, when I met with him. He said that you created a lifestyle of rhythm and routine that was caught by us. And uh, you didn't leave it up to the youth director or the confirmation program. We learned as a part of our routine at the dinner table where life was happening, we learned that the scriptures were important to you, and now they're important to us. We learned that life together on a Sunday was important to you, and it became important to us. We learned that coming together for dinner and sharing together was important. And so they caught the rhythm of the life that Karen and I lived and wanted them to enter into. Isn't, cool. that, isn't that neat? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So I was glad for that. One of the things that we did that I am happy about, I'm proud about, is that we read books together. Hmm. And one that uh, the kids really loved it, I loved, was one called Brusco. It was yes, a missionary. Yeah. Did you read that? Yeah. A missionary book, a great missionary book. And what was so wonderful is that we would have to stop and then they'd say, "Hey, can you read? Can we read more tonight after dinner?" And so we'd read a couple more chapters and stop at an exciting place, and then we'd uh, pick it up later. That was a wonderful thing for our family to be able to read together. We did it sometimes as we traveled. We went on long trips because 
uh, I spoke out at Hungry Horse in Montana. Yep. And so we took the kids and we cool. went and wonderful times in the car. Some difficult times, of course, where we had to break up fights. But for the and, and we would sometimes read. Karen would sit in the front seat and she would read. So uh, I'm glad for what we did. My kids uh, hardly ever watch television simply because they didn't grow up with that. It's funny that we had probably, arguably, the biggest set of TVs in. Minneapolis, St. Paul. <laughs> we had five of them. One was a 70, 70 inch Sony that we got from a guy across the street that I administered to, and he gave it to us. And then we had all these big TVs. We never watched them. <laughs> I don't remember once watching a program from that 70 inch TV. Now, I think it's fun sometimes to watch TV. And I remember on Thanksgiving, we would watch football together. Uh, so I'm not against families watching TV, but I'm against that becoming the center of their life. Yeah. And that that's where they get their words. That's where they get their language. That's where they get their skills. That's where they get their morality. <laughs> I want to teach them. And so we did it through books, through example, through devotions, through dinner time, And, uh, I, I don't have time for TV. I, I, I yeah. have so much more wonderful things to do. Well, I, I know your <clears throat> your feelings on the game Settlers of Catan, Paul. You shared that <laughs> earlier. But we play games together. Cool. As a family. That's cool, what we cool. do. Um, including, including that one. But um, we, yeah, we play games together regularly. So on That is so good. <clears throat> on Father's Day this year, they gave me two games. Wow. Um, that they picked out. Because they wanted to play them. Because <laughs> that's what Father's Day presents are. Yes. Um, thanks for them. And uh, yeah, we got to play them yesterday and, and it was it was fun. And that's something we do instead of TV. Um, we do watch TV. Um, but we were convicted sometime last year. We Sarah and I both felt convicted that we were watching too much TV together mm -hmm. as a family. And it was because life was really busy and difficult and she and I just wanted to veg out. So after dinner, let's just watch TV for a little bit and then we'll put everybody to bed. Um, but then that became our routine. You know, yeah. almost every night we'd watch one show or half a show or something like that. Not a long time, but long enough. And it was pretty much every night. And then we kind of felt convicted that that wasn't, that wasn't ever what we intended. Mm-hmm. To make a routine out of. Sure. We didn't intend that to be a thing and it just became a thing because we were tired. And so, and I, so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, mm -hmm. but it turned into a little bit of laziness on our part. And so yeah. what we have done is we made a sacrificial choice to do games instead of TV most of the time um, or to go outside. Now that the weather's nice, uh, we go outside after yeah. dinner and we just yeah. go outside and play. Um, and that's sacrificial because sometimes I just want to sit on my butt on the couch. And so does she, she comes home for a 15 hour day at the hospital. Wow. She doesn't want to use her brain. <laughs> she, she doesn't want to listen to the kids scream about this or that or argue, but like, that's what a parent parenting is sacrifice. I mean, look at God, the father, man, Look Amen. at God the Father. Look at how he sacrificed and look at how he still sacrifices for us. Um, parenting is sacrifice. And so 
we're trying to to change the narrative and because it's uh summer in minnesota and we can go outside most of the time we've already broken the habit because we watched tv i don't know a couple days ago and one of the kids i don't remember which one was like it's fun to watch tv again Hmm. And I was like, again, don't we always watch TV? Oh, I guess we haven't done much lately for the last month or so, two months, however long cool. it's been. So that's good. So I feel like, okay, because it doesn't take that long to break a habit, especially if you're replacing it with something else. And so be intentional I, is my is my whole point. That's the bottom line here. Be intentional about what you do together as a family. You have very little time together as a family. Mm-hmm. Very little. Andrew is 11. That means that after this summer, we have six more summers with him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to college. Mm-hmm. That's it. Six more summers with our son. Eight more summers with our nine-year-old. That's it. Eight summers. And then they're an adult. And hopefully you'll still see them, including in the summer. But now that they're not in school, we're trying to be very intentional about this time. We've only got eight more. We've only got six more. I want those six summers to count. Mm-hmm. I want them to mean something. I want each family vacation to mean something. I want each um, event we host. We host a lot of things in the summer because we live on a lake. And so we bring everybody over. And, and and I want each one to count. I want it to matter because we only have six left. Time goes so fast with our kids. And I don't want to look back and be like, oh, I wish I had done more during those years when they were home with me and I had them all the time. Intentionality is intentionality. Be intentional, make a plan. And if you're not a planner, ask God to help you to come up with a plan and then ask somebody else, a wiser, you know, older adult like you, Paul, what do you do? What would you suggest? What would you do differently? See, these are things I'm, I'm enjoying this series because I want to hear all the things that you have learned to try to avoid your mistakes. Well, let me tell you some more mistakes because (laughs) I'm very sad that I wasn't as intentional as I am now. Mm -hmm. You know me, I mentor. I wish I'd mentored my kids like I mentor young adults now. Mm. I wish I'd probed them. I wish I asked questions when they were 16. I wish we'd talked about sex. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd prepared them better for the teenage years. I don't know why I didn't. I'm so sad. I'm so sorry. And I've apologized to them because I wasn't intentional enough as a young father. <clears throat> I'm sad. I'm sad that... that uh, I didn't prepare him enough for college. I didn't talk enough Hmm. about college life and what that was for me to prepare them to enter in rigorously. I'm sad that I didn't uh, give them more music. Hmm. I I Hmm. entered into music fully on my own. And I kind of assumed that they would. We gave them lessons. Sure. And then when they when they wanted to quit, we let them quit. I wish we'd gone for it more. Hmm. We were the we were the Von Anderson singers, according to uh, <laughs> yeah. Eric Bloom. And so we did a lot of singing, more than most families. We did a lot of music, but I wish I'd done twice as much. Cause I, I'd like to think that my my uh, some of my kids could have been uh, worship leaders uh, at the piano, you know, doing it, doing that. So my kids just asked if we could become a family band and tra- really and travel around and Whoa. do that because they were listening Whoa. to their Whoa. grandpa tell them stories about Phil and Margaret 
as missionaries in Japan. They were the Ludio family singers. Oh, they oh, traveled around. They knew the Von oh, Trapp family. Yeah. Um, I actually know one of them too. I went to college with him. Um, and they, so they, that's what they did. They, they were a family band. They traveled around. That was part of their ministry and part of their missional life. Yeah. Growing up in Japan. And so then my wife grew up with that because they were growing up in Japan as missionaries. Sure. And so they grew up that this is what you do. That was their life. They went around and they sing and they were the family band. And, and, and my wife felt like the, the least musical gifted one. And that was, you know, a little difficult because that family is extremely gifted, as you know. Um, and so they've been, my kids have been hearing these stories and they're like, well, we can do that. Let's do that. Good. And so they've been, um, They've been having a long, let's call it a discussion. Mm-hmm. It's been much like an argument over who gets to do what instrument and what roles they're all going to have. And Kaylee and Belle are fighting over who gets to be the lead singer of our family band. And I'm like, you can both be the lead singer. You trade off from song to song. That's an easy fix. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> neither, no wins. Neither of us won. Yeah. I, guess, I guess that's what you call a compromise. Good job, Dad. Um, and so that's, it's interesting that you bring that up because- they want to do that. And I, I, it's not something I've been real keen on, but maybe you're I should listen. Singer. You're, maybe you're I should a listen. good worship leader. I'd, boy, I'd go for it. You got kids that are wanting to do it. I'd go for it. Uh, let me say that I've really enjoyed this series that we've done. Mm-hmm. Me too. And uh, it's sad that it's coming to an end, but we'll come back to it. I'm sure that uh, there'll be more times to talk about parenting such an important yes subject. We're, i think we're going to come back to this regularly because it is a big big subject i think it would be good if you could pray for our listeners for wherever they're at in this and uh call it call it a podcast i'll do that father god we thank you for your fatherhood of us and i pray that you would help us to to follow your example of extreme intentionality Nothing you do is random. You are so purposeful about everything you do and help us to be like you. You are so loving in everything you do. Thank us to be, help us to be more like you in that. Help us to discipline more than punish and criticize. Help us to respond to negativity with positivity. Um, I pray that you, you could be our example especially for those of us for whom our earthly examples um, didn't really measure up the way we wanted them to. And I pray that you would help us to forgive our own parents. We all need to forgive our parents, every single one of us. Even, I mean, Paul mentioned his dad and and mom never yelled at him. Never. That's insane to me. (laughs) But even Paul had to forgive his parents of things. We all do because we're all human. We all make mistakes as parents, and our parents did. So if you listening haven't forgiven your own parents all the way, and just ask the Holy Spirit to show you whether or not you have, he will always answer this prayer, folks. So Father, I pray that you would show us in our hearts over the next few days if there's anything that we still need to forgive our parents for, maybe there's something we started to forgive or we got part way along the forgiveness process, but we haven't really finished it. Maybe a little something we're holding on to, something that still bothers us, whatever language we want to use for it. Help us to forgive our parents completely mm-hmm. and to receive your healing in yes. that relationship. And then help us to confess and receive forgiveness where we have failed as parents. 
and to rely on you to help us to become better. We want to be the best parents we can be because you have entrusted us with these precious, precious children. Mm. And Lord, we confess that we mess up. Sometimes it feels like we mess up more often than we get it right. But you can help us. (laughs) You can help us to grow in this. So no matter where we are in our parenting journey, I pray that you would help us to take the next step. Mm-hmm. and to get closer. And I think it starts with humility and it starts with repentance. It starts with forgiveness. And I pray that you would help us walk through those steps. Mm-hmm. And I also pray then, Lord, after we've done that, that you could help us to, to seek out some other parents and just start talking about stuff. Seek out some other parents, maybe some older and wiser ones, or maybe just some peers. When I first started talking about how hard it was to be married around other married people, they were shocked because they didn't think you could talk about that as a Christian. And I've done the same thing as a parent. I talk about how hard it is to be a parent. And a lot of times people are shocked. Oh, what? You struggle with being a parent? You sometimes want to yell at your kids. You, you find it difficult too. It turns out that they all do, but they felt like nobody else. They felt like everybody else had it together and they were the only ones struggling with these issues. And sometimes we just need to talk to each other. That's what the body of Christ is for. So, Father, I pray that you bring us some friends. Bring us some other friends with kids so that we can talk about this stuff and support each other and encourage each other. Give a, give a place for someone else to vent for a few minutes about what they're struggling with and then receive some comfort and some encouragement. I pray that you would help us to find that in a small group, in our church, in our siblings, whoever it is. Um, bring us some fellowship with some other parents who can walk this road with us because we're not supposed to do this alone. We are not supposed to do this alone. And so Lord, help us to, to find that fellowship. And we pray all these things in the name of your precious son, Jesus. Amen. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.